Okay, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Um, don't mind me using my notes. I'm used to being in front of five-year-olds, and I can talk all day without looking at anything, but this is a little bit different, so let's begin. I'm here today because of Portal. <laughs> she said back in January, we're doing a Wahini series in May. I went, cool. She goes, yeah, we need talkers, speakers, and I went, cool. And she went, yeah. I went, oh, my time to make the coffee, see ya. <laughs> but here I am. So I'm going to share a little bit about myself, a little bit of my story, some of the things that I've struggled with and continue to struggle with, the things that I've overcome and I'm still trying to overcome. Um, I'm not standing here today as this amazing Bible scholar. I don't know the Bible inside and out like some people. I wish I did, but I don't. But I am standing here today as someone who has gone through a lot of things in my life, good and some pretty tough stuff. And what that's done for me is it has just entrenched this firm faith in God because I wouldn't be here today without him. I know that through my experiences and the things that I've been through. So as Anne said, and for those that don't know me, my name is Michelle. Um, five years ago on Mother's Day, my husband Matt and I had just gotten married, blended two families together, and we're working through all the joy that that brings. And we walked through the doors of Hamilton Elam. And when I walked in here, I was holding on to Matt saying, okay, we're just going to sit in that far corner. We're not going to talk to anybody. We're just going to slip in, slip out, not get involved, because I knew he was keen to get involved again. I said, I'm just probably not a church person. I don't go to church. Because I thought you had to be perfect. That was my misconception about coming to church. You had to have it all together, then you could walk through those doors. For Matt, he'd been a Christian since he was 17, and I didn't get raised in a Christian household. But for some reason, no matter what I went through in my life, I knew there was this person called God. I knew he was there, and I always prayed. I talked to him all the time. I still do to this day. I'll be driving along and talking to him, and I'm sure people think I'm crazy, but oh well. That, so yeah, so when we walked through the doors, as I said, I was like, we're not going to get involved. Well, I learned very quickly that when you decide to give your life to God and you decide to become a Christian, it's not about what you want. It's about what his plans are for you, no matter how much you try and fight them. So within six months, we were attending Connect Groups. Next thing, we were running Connect Groups. And we went to Christianity Basics with Ants. And there was meant to be a couple of other couples there. And it turned out there was only us. And that's, that was God's plan. That's what he wanted. Because we got to know each other so well, we now have the privilege of calling Ants and Portal our family. So we're really, really blessed. And I thank God for that one. So that's a little bit about us and who we are. And the fact that God has brought me to where I am today, standing in front of you, from where I was a long time ago. So what's he done for other women? This series is obviously about strong women in the Bible and how we can relate to them. And as I kept thinking about what I wanted to say, what I wanted to research, and as I was looking things up, a particular woman kept jumping up at me. And her name, we'll get to that shortly. But first, I wanted to share with you how I started because that was a journey within itself. As I prepared for this talk, there were so many different ideas and thoughts that went through my head. 
And I was explaining to Matt that if you took a photo, this was me complaining at the beginning last week, if you took a photo inside my head, it just looks like all these squiggle lines. It's like someone's taken a black marker and just drawn all this mess and I can't figure it out. Then I realised this week, why? Because I was trying to work it out. I was trying to do it in my own strength, even though I know better. I was trying to write down what I thought I was meant to say. Can you relate? Are there times in your life where you think, okay, I've got this, I can do this, this is what I want to happen, and then you realize it's I, 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 and why it's not working? Because God is the one that you need to be listening to. So on Thursday morning, I prayed again, because Sunday was getting really close, and I said, God, what do you want me to say? What's the message that needs to be heard? Clear my head, Lord. So I headed off to drop the boys off at school and work, and the next thing I knew after dropping Lucas off at school, 15 minutes later, in my pajamas, on the side of the road, I'm still sitting in the car furiously typing into my phone, and I just thought, that's the message he wants me to hear. It was my day off, I don't normally drive around in my pajamas. So, cue to when I got home. I was like, okay, this message is in my head, I know what he wants me to say. I sat down, I opened the computer, and I looked at the sign on the table. And these signs were the ones that we gave out on Mother's Day. And I didn't know what it said. I'd just put it down, put it next to the vase of flowers. It looks good, and I can have a look at it. Right there in front of me, the sign that was facing me said, in the middle of your mess, he is writing your message. Right there, in front of me. And I just laughed, because these things happen to me all the time. And they probably happen to you if you're open to looking for them. Then I opened up my Bible. I was like, right, we've got this. He's writing my message. Yeah, just write it for me. Then I opened the Bible and the bookmark fell out. And inside it said, the Lord will work out his plans for my life. For your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. I didn't really need much more um, encouraging than that. I'm sharing this bit because I want to remind you before we begin that if you listen and you are open, God will talk to you in the funniest of places. So let's begin. I've called this talk today Dancing with Demons. Why? Because throughout my life, I have danced with many demons. Haven't we all? Don't we continue to? I do not know many people that could say they have never struggled with at least one demon sitting on their shoulder. And it's like a dance when you think about it. You're pushed, you're pulled, you're spun around, you're thrown upside down, and a dance can start off slowly just the same way those demons can. They sneak up on us. They tempt us. At this point, you might believe, it's okay, I've got this, I can handle this dance, I can handle these demons, but then the dance picks up, it picks up speed. You find yourself being pushed and pulled even harder, spun around even faster, before you realise, no, I don't got this and I'm out of control. The demons that we dance with, that I'm talking about in this day and age, can be many things. Alcohol, drugs, guilt, and we all know that one likes to creep up very regularly. Depression, self-harm, shame, fear, money, greed, 
divorce, abuse, that's just to name a few. I know I have, for myself, I've struggled and continue to struggle with many. As I said, I wasn't brought up in a Christian household. In fact, there were parts of my life that were pretty tough. Now, some of those tough things that were happened to me were not my demons to deal with, but they were forced upon me anyway. Other demons that I had to deal with came through the choices that I made. Because even though, as I said, throughout my life, I knew there was a God, I prayed, even when I didn't even know what I was doing, but I didn't have a relationship with him. And that's the key. Hence the choices that I made and the demons that I entertained and danced with. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, here we go. Another heavy doom and gloom. Share the testimony. This is going to get real. It is real, but it's not doom and gloom. Because through all of this, this is the amazing thing. God knew me. He loves me. He wants me, and he has plans for me. And what's, more even, what's even more amazing is that no matter what demons you're struggling with, he loves you. He knows you, he wants you, and he has plans for you. Just like the plans he had for a woman full of demons. Her name was Mary. So, which Mary am I talking about? I'm talking about Mary Magdalene. She was a Jewish woman from the town of Magdala, from a fishing town on the western shore of Galilee. She is mentioned 12 times in the Gospels. At this point, we can assume then that she's significant. Before she met Jesus, Mary was suffering from what is said to be seven demons. And in the Bible, seven is quite an important number. It stands for completeness. The fact that the Bible mentions seven demons, complete, she was full, implies that her suffering was severe. Imagine what that suffering must have been like for her in that day and age. It was seen as demon possession. Women were already seen as inferior to men, and now she had to contend with this as well, the shame that she had to carry, much like the same shame people carry today for these same things. It would have been a physiological or a psychological illness. We talk about mental health, we put the ads on TV, but what are we really doing for it? She had to contend with all this with all the way back then, And the Bible tells us that her beauty and her wealth could not save her from the evil that attacked her daily. Just the same way that beauty and wealth cannot save you from demons today. In fact, they can create some. But I said this was good. It's a good story. And this is the good news. She came upon Jesus. Imagine what it was like for Jesus to see her in such a desperate state. Did he turn? And run away? No. Did he say, I'm not interested in helping you, you're not worthy? No. What he did was he saw her. He saw who she really was and he commanded the demons to leave her. This is mentioned in Luke chapter 8, verses 1 to 12. And it begins with after this. And after this being that um, Jesus had just had his feet cleansed by another woman. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, 
and also some women who'd been cured of evil spirits and disease. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. Now, when Mary had been cleansed of these seven demons, what did she do? Did she say, thanks, awesome, you saved me, great, I'm just going to continue on my way, devoid with the life of Christ? Did she return to her demons? I'm sure we can relate with that. You think you just know, you know there is a time where God has pulled you through something because you know that on your own you couldn't have done it, but then you turn around and go do the same thing again? Because let's be honest, these demons come from somewhere. And the enemy is very, very clever in opening pathways and doorways to allow them to sneak back in. But no, it clearly states that these women, including Mary, helped support them, Jesus and the disciples, from their own means, from their own pockets. They stayed on the path that was meant for them. As I said, has there been a time in your life where you just know that Jesus is, God has pulled you through, but you only to turn around and go the same way again? And then wonder why? How's that working out for you? I know there's been times in my life, and there will no doubt continue to be times where guilt, because that's always a good one, that just creeps back in, in times where you think, where did that come from? Fear and old demons will sit on my shoulder, and they'll try to make me feel like this being a Christian thing is too hard. Let's go take the easy way out again. But like Mary, I am determined to stay on the path that I know is right, the right track, because I know that when I fall, God is there to pick me back up, because I know he will not leave me nor forsake me, because my Bible tells me so. And nor did he leave Mary. He had plans for her, just like he had plans for me when I walked in that door five years ago. It was five years ago on Mother's Day that I stood on the stage and helped run the women's panel. It was five years ago, and I'm now standing here sharing with you things that I thought I would never do. In fact, I said no to, but that wasn't God's plan. So in short, here's how it worked out for Mary. She continued to follow Jesus. She supported him and loved him. In fact, she gave him everything she had, and she was there when he was crucified, She was there for him, trusting in him, and what she thought was the end. And this is the point where God, where Mary steps into God's plan for her life. He used her to deliver a message to the apostles that Jesus was gone. Because Mary, after seeing the stone had been removed from the tomb, ran to tell Peter, Simon, and the other disciples that they had taken the Lord and it wasn't known where he was. Seeing this for themselves, the disciples went back to where they're staying. What does Mary do? She stays. She stayed outside the tomb, and Scripture tells us this happened. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had once been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. She did not realize it was Jesus. 
He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic. Now, how do I say this? Answer, Rabin, Rabboni, which means teacher, which I should know. Rabboni, I don't, one of those things. Jesus said, I know how, how hard it is for ants. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am sending to my Father, your Father, my God, your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Now, I'd say this is a pretty significant part in our history. And who was the job entrusted to? A woman. Even though Mary had been a woman full of demons, Jesus saw her for who she was. He had healed her, and because of this, she stayed faithful and loyal to him. And in turn, God used her to deliver one of the most important messages that we know. Even in a time when women were not held in high regard to men. So what does this mean for us? What this means for us is the same thing that it meant for Mary. When God sees me or you, he does not see someone who is not worthy of his love. He sees his child. He sees who he created and that he will never stop fighting for us against the demons that tempt and taunt us. Our enemy does not want us to succeed. He knows that our praying stops his praying. Think about that one. His praying stop, our praying stops his praying. Who reminds us of these demons? That gut feeling where you just feel that guilt, that little devil on your shoulder. Flick it off. You've got the way to do it. This is what I remember when the demons come back and tap me on the shoulder. When they get into the pit of my stomach, that's what I picture. He is behind me. He has my back. What I think about is, if, that's, if what's coming at me today is bad, what's he holding back? What demons is he fighting for me that I don't even know about? Because we don't get the full brunt of everything if we trust in him. He's doing that. He's holding other things back behind us. Does it mean it's easy? No. It's a battle. That's the truth. She didn't just walk back and say, oh, actually, see you later. Thank you. Bye. I'm good. Thank you, demon. See you later. No, she had to fight. She had to be determined just like we do. You've got to want it. You've got to be determined, and you've got to have that relationship with God. He doesn't stop. In the video, he didn't stop pulling back. He constantly pulled and pulled and pulled because he will not give up on us. But think about this. So far, you've survived 100% of your worst days. The days that you think, I couldn't, shouldn't, or would survive. I'd say that's a pretty good track record. In return, God does not ask us to be perfect, but to rely on Him. Stand strong in our faith. Trust in Him and have a relationship with Him.
This is what Mary did. She continued to follow Jesus. She supported him. She loved him. She gave him everything she had. And God used her in a way that nobody could have foreseen. And he can do the same for you. God has a plan for your life, just like he had a plan for Mary's. And just like me, who's always felt him pulling me towards him, he had a plan for me too. He used Mary to deliver a message. And even though I walked in those doors five years ago, like I said, saying I'm not going to get involved, he's used me again today to deliver a message to you. You need to trust. And I don't say that lightly. Because there is a lot of stuff that I haven't shared about my life. But I've trusted. Because I'm standing here today. And I know that that demon wants to knock on my door and say, I'm not worthy. But I know I am because I have a God who tells me that I am. You've got to understand that becoming a Christian and and trusting in God, it's not a magic pill. Things will go in a different direction sometimes than what you think they're going to because that wasn't the way it was meant to. And I'm speaking from experience here. There will be people that will talk about you. They will leave you. They weren't your people. I can tell you that from the bottom of my heart that doing life with God is so much better than doing life without because I have hope. And all it takes is the relationship with Him. How does that apply when we walk out those doors today? You talk to Him. You pray. Pray anytime, anywhere. I do it all the time. I drive around in the car talking to him and then I realize I'm talking to nobody and wonder why people are staring at me strange. But I don't care. I'll pray for a park. I'll pray for the silliest, littlest things and I'll also throughout the day say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have actually said that. Oh, I shouldn't have treated that person that way because I'm not perfect. I need him. Share with others that you can trust. We talk about doing real life together. We're not joking. People have been through what you have been through. People are going to go through what you've been through and you may be the one person that can help them through it so that they're still surviving 100% of their bad days because that might be where God has placed you and you need to listen and step into that. Mostly, remember who you are. You are a child of God. Stand up and straighten your crown. Most of all, be determined with God covering your back to dance no more with the demons at your door.